Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. moms welcome back to the gather moms podcast we are here to record the 100th episode rebecca when we started this how many episodes did you think we would make it to well if they remember our first episode which is who forgot to flush yeah they probably thought y'all ain't going nowhere I still love that one this is going it still down happens in my house toilet just like we that still episode. ask that question in my house who forgot to flush really yes I feel like my kids have finally figured it out. No, mine have not. I oh. have teenage boys. If you have teenage boys in the house, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And listen, I don't. I mean, we can do this because we can be personal. I know who did it. Yeah, I can tell. No, I know. It's, I can tell. <laughs> it's so great. I don't know if I can have this conversation with you again. We had it three years ago in August 2020 when we launched the podcast, and I still it kind of icks me out to, because it's just a good throwback. But you really do know. You go look at that. Mm-hmm. What's in the toilet? And you're like, mm-hmm. mm, that was Jed. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, to- it's totally Jed. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I pinch myself that we are getting to do this for the 100th time. I mean, I don't think when we first pressed record for the first time, first of all, we had not a fat clue what we were doing. You knew more than I did. I mean, I watched YouTube videos, but like, we just had to get real brave and press record at some point, you know? Yes. But I, I don't think we had any idea that we would be here, I mean, certainly not here, no. doing this with no. all of these amazing women, you know, on our 100th episode. No. Or that we get to do what we do with Gather Moms, you know, and the way that we're seeing God bless it, it's just so fun, and I'm so thankful um, that we get to be here. So this episode is part of our series, Listen, Sis. So we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. What does Listen, Sis mean to you? It's what you say on the podcast a lot. <laughs> You do. This is, you coined this phrase. You said, listen, sis. But why do we say it? Why do you think it means? Because you're about to say something really good. Yeah. So listen, sis. I think listen, sis is real talk. And then, you know, another level of that is it's paying attention to what we're listening to. Yes. Because part of what we've been talking about is that what we listen to is what implants itself in our beliefs. Yes. And then inevitably manifests itself in how we behave. And that behavior often comes out in how we treat each other as mamas. Yes. And so I want us to talk today in this episode about somewhere in the Bible where we see mamas treating each other in a way that is not great. And they need to have a listen to this conversation. You mean the sister wives? <laughs> we about to go there? Yes. Okay, but before we do, I have to ask you a question. So for everyone here listening live, we all know that Rebecca grew up in the... Bubble. Rebecca grew up in the bubble. It was a lovely bubble. (laughs) Yes, way to go, Mama Judy. You did great, sis. Um, So, but here's the question for you. Did you ever watch Jerry Springer? (laughs) Like, flipping channels and then getting off it really quick because it was evil. (laughs) Or Maury Povich? No. Maury, thank you. Maury Povich? 
Listen, the worst thing I did in the bubble was watch 90210 when I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> okay, oh, well, she's nodding. She knows that I did it. I was a latchkey kid, so I was at home <laughs> in the summer by myself. And so whatever, with like daytime soaps I watched, you know, I watched Jerry Springer. I watched Maury Povich, okay? And then along came Dr. Phil. My favorite, okay, so all these shows, you know, like they bring in all these people who have drama. Who's your daddy? Mm. <laughs> yes. See, you know. Yeah, because it's like a thing now. Okay. Who's your daddy? But they bring in these people with all these drama, and, you know, under the guise of, like, we're going to help counsel them through this, right? But on Dr. Phil, my favorite, favorite all-time girl, she was this kind of, I mean, poor thing. Like, she probably had a rough upbringing, and she was, like, she was a tough teenage girl. And he, Dr. Phil was saying something to her she didn't like. And so she looked at him, and she said, catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> okay, what does that mean? Means like you gotta let's go outside. You about to catch these hams? She's gonna fight him. Yeah, that's what she said. She can't fight Dr. Phil. So now Jeremy will testify in our house. We say when someone's like coming for you, you're like catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but just like you said, like the epic, the most famous like Jerry Springer episodes were always like who's the daddy, you know? And there would be this poor dude. You know, he's sitting there with this girl, and it's like he thinks he's the dad of this baby, you know? And then they, <laughs> they run this paternity test, and sure enough, he is not the daddy. And then the daddy comes up from backstage, and then it's like, pow, 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 you know, and there's fisticuffs. They and, ain't waiting until they outside. No. They're doing it inside. No. Catch me inside. Catch How about me that? inside. Yeah. So, you know, and then there's some with, like, there would be this woman who thinks she's this man's wife, you know, and then they're like, well, actually, and then all these women start That happened out. on that movie with Sandra Bullock. What? Hope Floats. Oh, yeah. Is that a wife. good, wholesome movie that yeah. I watched in the yeah. bubble? Yeah, Hope yes. Floats. Hope Floats is sad. No, they had her on a talk show, remember? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, and they revealed it. Girl. I know things. Look at your memory. I'm getting it. Okay. Um, so, you know, then they start parading out all these women who think they're this guy's wife, you know, and then it's like, you know, they're pulling wigs and scratching faces. <laughs> okay. All right. So I, I couldn't help. Are you saying that's in the Bible? Yeah, literally, yes. Okay. When I looked at this story, because I was looking at, I really wanted us to talk about, you know, women and how just as mamas, how we can be like rough on each other, you uh -huh. know, and I, I couldn't help but think of these two women, and seriously, when I, when I read this story again, I just, all I can think of is Jerry Springer, like, they are hot mess express, if you think that your extended family is jacked up, you've got nothing on these people, like, they, they are, it is wild, um, and by the way, these are God's chosen people, from whom he will, you know, all these baby mamas that we're about to talk about, he's going to create the 12 tribes of Israel. That's right. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? All right. Preach. So this is the story of Jacob and Rachel and Leah and two female servants. But mostly for us, yeah, <laughs> but mostly for us, it's about Rachel and Leah. I forgot about the servants. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That pinch hit. All right. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know I love a good sports illustration. Good job. All right, so let me, I'm going to break this down for you because this is a long, like, entangled story. So I'm just going to, like, sum it up real quick, okay? So Jacob's daddy, Isaac, tells him to go find a wife. And, y'all, there weren't a lot of people on the earth, so just keep this in mind. Like, there's some weird things about to happen. Just remember, like, they're trying to keep the bloodline pure, okay? Maybe these kids are going to have extra toes, but he's going to send him to go to his uncle, okay, to get a wife, because he knows that he has two girls, Rachel and Leah. 
So he's going to go see his uncle Laban, and the first daughter he sees is Rachel. And the Bible tells us that she is beautiful. And he looks at her, and he's like, immediately, yes. That's the one. Immediately, yes. That one. Let's go. And so they go to her dad, his uncle, and he blesses it. But he says, Jacob has to work for him for seven years to have her. Which, I'd be out at that point. It's so, like, but, <laughs> I mean, I know they live to be like 500 or something, but still, seven years is a long time. Do you think Greg would have worked five, seven years for you? <laughs> he better. <laughs> I don't think I would have waited seven years. No, seven years is a lot. That was, I, that's my prime. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to go find somebody else. Sorry, babe. So Jacob says yes, but on the wedding night, Uncle Laban sends Leah, who's the older sister, instead into the marriage tent for some brown chicken, brown cow, okay? And somehow, and this is one of the most unbelievable parts of this story, Jacob doesn't realize that it's Leah. It got dark back then. It was dark. Yeah, but listen, it was dark. How dark is it going to be? I don't know. Have you ever been in the desert in a tent? We don't know how dark it gets. Okay, well, let's just say that's his, you know, but I feel like he's like, this is a naked woman. Let's go. And then later on, he's like, oh, that was not her, you know, like he's been waiting for this. Okay. Oh, I just want to hug her. Oh, I know. It's really sad. I just want to hug her. Okay, so he, he had sent Leah in. So Jacob wakes up the next morning, and there's light now, and he's like, oh, yo. So he goes to Uncle Laban, he's like, you did me wrong, bro. And Laban's like, listen, I couldn't give you the younger sister first. You had to take the older sister. Now, give me seven more years, and you can have Rachel. Okay, so at that point, I think he's in for the next. Like, I'd be in for the next seven years. Okay. Because I'm, I really want... You've already committed. I've already committed. Yeah. All right. This is getting awkward really fast. No, it's bad. Okay, but so let's, let's stop right there in the story and think about this. Okay, with this setup... And what Leah, because I don't think we talk enough about Leah. Mm-hmm. If we think about what Leah has just been through. Trauma. You know, trauma. Okay, because a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how, you know, things happen to us and we get these messages and they implant right. in us. Right. And, and so we behave a certain way. So what do you think, Leah, at this point, what are some of the messages that she has received? I'm not loved. He right. doesn't want me. Yeah. I'm just the extra. Yeah. My dad wanted to get rid of me. Yeah. I'm not pretty. Yeah. Can you imagine how hard it would have been for him to force you and you're like, but he didn't want me. You right, know? right. So, you know, I know this is like, this is dark and it's hard, but I think she does believe she's unwanted. Yes. And so she has to make people love her. Like they aren't just going to automatically love her like they love Rachel. So now she believes, okay, I've got to, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to do something to get people to love me. But then I think, I think this is traumatizing for Rachel too. Yes. What are the things, what are the messages you think she's heard? Well, obviously, Jacob thought she was the pretty one, yeah. so maybe she feels like she's just um, there for looks, okay. and that maybe she doesn't have, you know, the brains or the intelligence to go with it. Yeah. I also think she's heartbroken, because I'm pretty sure she loved Jacob, too. She uh, probably yeah. was really excited, yeah. you know? And then, to have your sister be given to him, just the competition there, that... Just now, what that creates between, creates the between them. them. I mean, we don't know what the relationship was like before, right. but it certainly can't be healthy now. Yeah. I think, I think all of that, and then also that, that people are not safe, you know, that she's been betrayed, and that she can't trust people, her father, you know, that she can't trust people, and so she's going to have to get crafty to do what she wants, because she, she can't depend on people to be safe for her. Right. <clears throat> so, if all of that wasn't enough, this crazy thing that happens in this tent, that you guys, 
the wild now does not stop there. So um, then both of them, now that they're his wives, then they start trying to give him children. And the Bible says that God sees Leah's pain, and he blesses Leah by giving her babies. But Rachel can't seem to get pregnant. And Rachel is so upset over it that she gave her servant to be with Jacob, and the servant gives birth. Then finally, Rachel is able to have children, and Leah can't. So Leah gives her servant to get with Jacob so he can make more, so she can have more babies. And chapter 30 in Genesis is just filled with this back and forth of this birthing competition of mm-hmm. she has a baby, she can't have a baby, she has a baby, she uses a servant. It's just this like terrible seven year thing that they go through. And Leah is clearly in all of this trying to make herself valuable and gain Jacob's love by giving him children. And so there's this clear competition between her and Rachel. And you see it when Leah passive aggressively comes for Rachel and the way she names her children. Like, you have to listen to this. So she names her first son Reuben. And Reuben means, see, a son. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first instance of smack talk in the Bible. Yes. Um, her next one, Simeon, means God heard that I am unloved. It does not. Does it really mean that? This is the research. You can go look in the commentary. Yes, girl. The third one, Levi, means now my husband will be with me. And the fourth one, Judah, means praise. That's heavy names. That's a lot, right? That's a lot. Yes. You know, like you can imagine Rachel coming to the birthday, you know, the baby shower, and she's like, see, a son. You know? (laughs) And Rachel looks at her and says, catch me outside. How about that? (laughs) But Rachel also follows suit with this because she has, when she has her second child, it's a son. And she actually says in the Bible, um, she names him Naphtali and says, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister and I have prevailed. Listen, that is bold. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just this horrible scene, right? And, and this horrible thing that's going on between them. And then this is a crazy, this is a crazy. Do you remember us talking about these mandrakes when we did Mama? Yes. Okay. Um, so there's this horrible scene where Leah's son finds these mandrakes, which are supposedly these, some fertility plant, and brings them to her. And Rachel asks Leah for them. She wants the mandrakes because she wants the fertility plant, right? Rachel's been struggling. And Leah says to her, this is in the Bible. She says, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you also take my son's mandrakes? Okay, I mean, I don't, we don't talk like that. But in the Bible, that's smack talk, okay? Um, so Rachel ends up selling Leah a night with Jacob for the mandrakes. And literally, Leah goes out to Jacob in the field and says, you going to get with me tonight? I hired you. Like, this is real. Like, when I'm telling you, this is Crazy. Jerry Springer. It's this is Jerry, Jerry Springer. Springer, okay? Um, so in all of this, like, in, the, in all of this that's going on between them, what do you think, this, how is this affecting their homes and their children? Well, it makes you wonder about the kids because yeah. even the way that she named them, it almost makes the kid feel unloved because yeah. it was just like a plug against, mm-hmm. you know, his aunt or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those things where they were being so manipulative and mean and they were using their children to do it. Yeah. And it does seem kind of crazy that God was using this family, like these kids, right. to be the 12 tribes. Right. But it just goes to show that God can use anybody. He can use anybody, praise God. But, you know, also that, that there are these 12 kids that were blessings. These are gifts from God, and they're using it instead of this blessing that came from God as, you know, to one-up each other. That's right. 
Competition. Um, so between Lee and Rachel and their two servants, they end up having 12 sons. And so after all this baby making, Jacob is tired of Uncle Laban because he's been cheating him and not paying him fairly. So well, we could have guessed that from the right. Beginning. Yes, yes. We know he's shady. Okay, so he calls Rachel and Leah to a secret meeting in a field and tells them they need to get away from Uncle Laban and get back to Jacob's family. And the girls both know that this is a bad situation that they've been in. And so finally, they unite in getting everything together and getting their families out of there. And, you know, this is kind of a wild story because it was a different time. And I think sometimes we can read it and it's like, Oh, I can't relate to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully not, guys. (laughs) You know, because we aren't over here being sister wives and competing for who can have the most babies. But we are definitely tearing each other down and competing about other things as we try and one-up one another. So what do you think that we compete over as moms? So I've been thinking about this a lot because as we've been talking about listen, sis, and just thinking about the messages and the advice that we get from this world that we live in, um, it just makes me feel really sad, you know, for what my kids are growing up in because it just feels like it's very dark. And even to be a light in our world right now, you just get beat up on. Yeah. Um, And so when you think about us as a community of moms, the fact that we would even want to beat up on each other or be in competition just makes me so sad because we really, you know, just like these were the, the chosen blessings, the 12 tribes, we are chosen by God as well. Exactly. But I think something that ends up getting most of us as mamas is that we have this idea that we're competing for each other's happiness. Mm. That when we look around at other people, we might think that they're happier based on what we see on the outside. Yeah. And so we want to one-up. We want to have the next happy thing. And I was thinking about sometimes as believers, we almost think that God has favorites. Yeah. And that maybe he's chosen one mama over another to bless. Yeah. Either with children, with finances, with vacations, with um, success, with whatever it might be. Yeah. And it's almost like we assume that there's a limited amount that God can give. Yeah. And if she gets it and I don't get it, then there's nothing left. Right. I'm with you. And so when we fight over this whole idea that somebody else might be happier than we are, Mm -hmm. but we have no idea what their story. Yeah. That's the thing about Rachel and Leah. Did they even know each other's story? Like what was going on inside their hearts and their minds? What battles were they fighting on their own? Right. We don't know that because we don't ask the questions because we're too busy trying to get what the other person has. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think kind of with what you're saying, I don't even think that we're often aware of how much we're doing it. Oh, agreed. You know, um, I think we compare each other when we look at pictures or we see a mom, you know, at the playground or at school or anywhere. And and we compare, and I don't even know that we're conscious of it. No, because I think there's something inside of us that's been put there, you know, by God. And it's supposed to draw us to God, but instead it draws us to these little fixes Mm -hmm. where we just want that for ourselves so badly that just like you said, we're not even conscious of what we're, what we're, what we're saying in our minds about other moms. Yes. Like we don't necessarily say it out loud and maybe we think that makes it okay. Yeah. But we're saying it in our minds about some other mom. We're, we're literally knocking them down because they have something we don't have. Well, and, you know, I think about new moms, you know, and I think new moms compete over whose baby is sleeping through the night mm-hmm. the fastest, you know, or who's, who's giving their kids all organic homemade baby food or, you know, who seems to 
to look like they have it together when they, you know, meet up at the playground, right? Um, you feel like, you know, you see some girl walk up and looks like she just went and got a blowout, and you're on the day four of the same messy bun, you know? <laughs> like, you could oil your car with the, you know, amount of oil in your hair, you know, and, and we compete, and it's like, it's like you see her doing well, and it kind of, it, there's this little chipping away of yourself. It's this, it's this, ter- it's this totally terrible thing. I think about moms in the middle, you know, that have kids in elementary and middle and all that, and I think, you know, they compete over how well their children are doing at that point. And, you oh, know, I was going to say that. It's all yeah. these, like, different classes they can take or yeah. what math right. what math they're going into. And yeah. you feel like, is my kid smart enough? Did yeah. they do well enough on whatever that test is? Right. Isn't that crazy? That's like my kid. It's not yeah. even me. It's, my, it's the person I love. But I'm using them as a token to compete, which is exactly what Rachel and Leah did. Yeah. They use their children to compete with each other. Right. They seem, you know, like they're going to church. They're making good choices. They have friends, you know. And you've got this kid over here that's struggling with their gender identity, you know. And you're like, well, what have I done wrong? And she's doing right, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And and we compare. I think about moms um, in the launching phase, you know, who's... I think they compete over, you know, okay, my kids successfully, they're going to a four-year school. Mm -hmm. They found a roommate. They stayed in school. They, you know, it's kind of all these boxes you feel like you have to tick, you know, that they get married at the right time. They start having kids at the right time. I think grandmamas compare. Yes. um, You know, on if, if, compete over do you have how many grandkids do you have are they close to you are you getting to spend enough time with them I just think at every stage of momming we are competing with one another and for the most part we are just not even aware of how much we're doing it we're just taking away the beauty that God's put in that other person by somehow believing that what they have they didn't earn or they're not worth it yeah and that we should have been the receiver of it yeah and I just think God has an abundance of good gifts to give. Right. There's plenty for everyone. There's plenty for everyone. But so often we see it as, you know, a win for her is a loss for me. Right. Right? Right. Um, the thing is, I, you know, it just doesn't have to be this way. And, you know, can we imagine how differently it could have gone for Leah and Rachel? I mean, you have both of these girls who are in this, like, horrible situation, right? They're in this horrible situation. They have this toxic dad. They've both been tricked by him. You know, now they're both married to this same man. They're struggling to give birth to these babies. They're in this together. They're in it together. And if they could have somehow seen each other, Mm -hmm. realized the pain that they were both in, and instead of competing, said, you're my community. If we're going to survive this, we have to come together. You know, that's right. And it was only when they finally got to that place where they said, okay, you're not my competition. In order for us to get out of this terrible thing that we've been living in, we're going to have to link up Mm because we've got to get out of here. For our families to prosper, instead of competing, we have to see each other as community. And it was only then that things changed for them. I don't know why, but scripture never records another instance of them fighting or being in competition with each other again. They come up, there's things that happen with Rachel and Leah later, but you don't see this, this fighting, you mm-hmm. don't see this competition anymore. Well, and it goes right along with what we're talking about. Like in the world that we live in today with all the darkness and all the struggle, if I'm trying to make sure that my kids get more than somebody else's kids, then yeah. it just creates more darkness. Yeah. But if we come together as a community of moms and say, I'm going to cheer for your kid and you're going to cheer for my kid and I'm going to pray for your kid and you're going to pray for my kid, then it becomes this togetherness where we say, we're going to beat the darkness together. That's right. And if your kid succeeds, awesome. And if my kid doesn't, would you pray for them? Yeah. And we have to get it out of our minds that we're all supposed to be good at the same things. 
You know, that I, we're all supposed to be great cooks, and we're all supposed to have our houses clean, and we're all supposed no, to be able not. to make our kids clothes. <laughs> we just, we're not. And that's why we played the game with Mama Judy. Like, both of these women are incredible mothers. One is a better cook than the other. Okay, awesome. Make some Go to her house for dinner. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You know? One of them is incredible at cheering on kids at sports game. Bring the cowbell. Let's go. Listen, I'll come cheer for your kid. Y'all just tell me where to show up. I'll bring it. Like, instead of it being like, she has this and I don't, what if we say, she has this and I don't? That's awesome. Because now we can pull all that together. Yes. You know, and I think we see that when we look at the Bible. You know, God, when he talks about community, when he talks about the church, he talks about us being a body. Why have we all decided that we need to be a foot? Girl, you ain't a foot. You're an elbow. And we need your elbowness. You know, if everybody's a foot, then the body doesn't work. We don't have enough shoes for that, so we're going to need somebody else to yes. take a different body part. You know, and I just, when we, when we look back at them, at Rachel, Rachel and Leah, I think the other thing to remember is we have all been hurt. No matter what some mama's social media looks like, no matter how she's showing up to play dates at school, no matter, no matter what she is presenting on the outside, you guys, none of us make it through this life unscathed. Amen. We have been wounded. We have traumatic things that have happened to us. We have people that have said terrible things to us and deceived us. We all have that inside of us. And we need to look at each other and say, that's a lie you're believing and come and just speak truth to each other instead of believing the lie along with them. That's, that's nonsense. Or being scared. Being scared to see a sister in need and go to them and say, I see your need, can I help? Yeah. Because I think we are afraid of the reaction we might get. Yeah. Will they, will they think that I'm judging her? Will they think? And some of that needs to happen in close community. But I think for the church to flourish right now, we need more believers to stand up for each other and say, I'm willing yeah. to go and sit with you and let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. When you hear another mama say something dumb about herself that you say, oh, that's dumb. Don't say that about Don't yourself. Don't say that. Yes. You know, that you fight for her when she doesn't even realize that she needs to fight for herself. And I think we have to change our mentality about wins and losses, that we can start seeing that when another mom is doing well, we celebrate her. Yes. And y'all, it may even hurt you a little bit. It may hurt you a little bit to post on her social, you know, she just went on this amazing vacation and you're like, uh, rude, I have not left my house in five years, you know? <laughs> But we just push past that jealousy and we get on there and go, that looks amazing. I am so happy that you got to do that. That we push past our own issues with that. Well, and I think there's, that's that hard part where you feel like, am I being, being two-faced by celebrating another mom mm. that I don't really want to celebrate? And here's what I would say. God already knows what's in your heart. Yeah. And when you look at spiritual disciplines, there are a lot of times that I don't want to get up and read my Bible. And there are a lot of times that I don't want to pray. And there are a lot of times that I don't want to go to church. But you know what? I do it anyway because I know that in the doing it, God's going to bless. That's right. So sometimes when you look at another mom and that jealousy pops up and you're like, well, I'm not going to post because that would be like me lying. No, do it anyway because it. it's in the doing That's right. that God's going to bless and he's going to take whatever's in your heart and he's going to start to break it away. Mm -hmm. But the more that you withdraw yourself and decide, well, I'm just gonna wait till I feel like it yeah. we say this to our kids all the time you don't feel like cleaning your room but I sure said do it preach so go clean your room yes 
So mamas, maybe we just need to start that whole celebration of each other going, you know what? If I'm being honest, I don't feel it because I wish that were me. I wish I had that. I wish my kids were doing that. But I'm going to do it anyway because in the doing, God's going to bless. I'm with you. So there's this precious woman who is committed to praying for me. And yesterday, um, she had been praying this verse over me. And as soon as she texted it, I knew I had to share it with you guys. And this is 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11. And it says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God, not you, Mama, may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And that's the, that's the thing you said there at the end. It's for God's glory. It's not for my glory. Yeah. So if God gets glory out of me celebrating another mom, then that's the win. That's right. And for me to trust that there's going to be a moment when I'm going to be celebrated because God's going to share that with me. Mm-hmm. And don't think that God doesn't love you, that God's not for you, that God doesn't have something amazing in store for you. Yeah. He has an abundance of good gifts and he's not upstairs holding them away from you. Right. He's asking you to be obedient and then let me bless you in your obedience. Yeah. And if you don't see him, just ask him to open your eyes because they are everywhere. And every time you tuck one of those babies in at night, that's, there you go. Yes. Right there. That's one of those gifts. So listen, sis, I want you to hear that that other mama is not your competition. We are not in competition with other moms. It's a tactic of the enemy who wants to divide us because he knows that united, we're a formidable enemy. So let's be formidable. Let's circle up. Let's lift each other up. Let's cheer each other on and speak truth and life to each other. We love you, moms. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.